Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second episode of the Crossword Podcast. Now, today, uh, for our interview, I have Sister Doris Fauché with here, or with us here. Sorry, hello, Sister Fauché. Hi. Um. So, just for those of uh you who have not joined us yet, uh, and would like to get some ground rules of where we're going, and then just for any clarification for Sister Fauché, we'll be going into some baseline questions. So, if anyone is going to be emailed or sorry, contacted, um, throughout this process, they will all be asked these questions. Um, and then from there, we're gonna go through a monthly theme that will change up. Um, and this will go through monthly. So for all of April, uh, we had a weird schedule with Brother Smith. Um, but for all of April, we'll be doing this rapid fire segment. So I have like 25 questions they'll be asking you. Um, then from there, we go in depth to the person. So um, from there, we'll start. So what motivates and inspires you? Why do you get up in the morning? Um, I am a very socially motivated person. I, I like to socialize with other people. Um, so, and I'm also motivated by food. Uh, those are probably my two biggest motivators in life. So the, really the reason I wake up in this age in my life is because my kids are waking up and They need to go to school, they need to get breakfast, they, you know, they need to start their days. And, and that is what I help them do. Um, Then usually once they're at school, I, I either go to work, or I go to the YMCA to work out, or I go on a walk with a friend. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much like that's how my days start, I guess. And and then I generally spend a good portion of my day taking kids to do stuff and preparing food. <laughs> that's about what I do. That that seems like your first answer of being a socially motivated person. Your schedule is very much surrounded um around that from what I hear. <laughs> yes, yep. Okay. Uh, so in your life, how have you confirmed the teachings and doctrine of the church? Um, I feel like I have uh, developed a strong testimony of, of a few things throughout my life, um, just by experiences that I have had. Um, and one of them is that I have a Heavenly Father who loves me um, and who, who knows me. There, there are certainly times when, when I'm in a hard situation. Um, but as I look back, I can, I can see experiences that I have had that um, have helped me become a better person because of those situations. Um, and I feel like I need those experiences to become what Heavenly Father sees um, the future me. Um, so I feel, so that's all to say that I have a Heavenly Father who loves me. Secondly, I, I have a strong testimony of the atonement. Um, I just, I feel like, you know, every single person in this world makes mistakes. And, and that does not mean that we are unloved or unlovable. It simply means that we have had a little hiccup and as we come to, as we come back and accept 
um, Jesus Christ and his atonement and repent, then, then we will be seen as acceptable. Um, let me see. I also have a strong testimony of prayer. I've, I've just seen many instances, instances where prayers have been answered. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I feel like there was one other thing I was going to say here, but I can't remember it right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely enough. That's an amazing answer. Um, just very motivated spiritually. Thank you for that. So mm-hmm. genealogy is important in the church, right? And knowing a lot about where we came from um, and, and how that involves in, into our lives, right? What do you know about your name and, and family history? Yeah, so I'm going to focus on my first name, um, which I know the Heise family loves my last name. So I'll focus a little bit on that. But I hope that someday you'll interview Tobin and he can focus more on the last name. But um, my first name is Doris. And I actually got that from my grandma. Her first name was also Doris. Um, and, And she was someone that I really looked up to as a person. And so I'm grateful that I share her name. Um, But I will say, um, now I have nieces and nephews. I I don't appreciate them calling me Aunt Doris because that was what so many people referred to my grandma as. So in my family, I really prefer that they call me Aunt Dode. Um, So so anyways, that is, that's my first name. My last name was Prescott. I actually don't know very much about my old last name, but my last name, Fauché, um, is Cajun, and it was originally French. If you speak French, it, I think it said Fauché, and um, it means like flat broke or harvester. Um, so the Faucheux people, Faucheux people in France were like the farmers and the people who were really poor. So, so that's the first and last name. As far as genealogy goes, I honestly don't do very much of it, but I have recently had an experience where I learned, um, more about my dad, which Sam, you and I kind of had similar experiences this past December where you lost your grandpa. I lost my dad and we, we had a fun little experience. Heisies were coming back from um, Lisa's dad's funeral and we were headed out to Utah to my dad's funeral. We met up in Lincoln, Nebraska so that we could give each other hugs and run around. (laughs) But it was just a unique experience to share that uh, with you guys. Mm -hmm. Anyways, whenever you go to someone's funeral, you learn stuff about them. And um, so I learned some things about my dad at his funeral that I just hadn't really thought about. Um, My dad had polio when he was a little kid. And because of that, he did not have any strength in his legs. So when I was little, he walked using crutches. Um, And I I didn't really think there was too much abnormal about it because it was just part of my life. Um, And then as he got older, it got harder for him to be on crutches. And he also 
uh, yeah, it just got almost impossible. And so he, he spent the last probably 20 years of his life in a wheelchair. Um, but I, after he died, I read some stories that he had written down and sent to me. And one of them was about him trying to ride a horse when he was little. His parents had told him not to ride a horse and he were, they were visiting his uncle and, um, which, you know, if you don't have strength in your legs, can you imagine how hard it would be to ride a horse? Anyways, he really wanted to, I think he was like 10 years old. So you can imagine a little 10 year old boy being told not to ride a horse, especially when I'm sure his siblings were able to do it. So anyways, he finally, somehow, I'm sure if I reviewed this story, he probably wrote it down. He, he got on a horse and started riding. And he, the horse was out of control. And my dad couldn't really, like, he was just holding on, um, you know, using his hands and all the strength he had in his arms. Um, and, and trying as hard as not to fly off this horse. And the horse went you know, rushing past his dad and his uncle and they were, they were just, you know, like, oh my gosh, what is, what is John doing? Um, so anyways, that's one experience he had. But then um, at his funeral, I, I just listened to story after story of times when he um, had to deal with this disability um, and, and he kind of lived in a time when um, disabled people were misunderstood. Um, so when he was born, people didn't understand how to help disabled people, really. Um, but throughout his lifetime, um, at the end of his life, like, you know, there were special, he had special equipment that was made just for him to make his life a little bit simpler because of his disability and um and even like so one of the things when I was growing up we had a special car um that had a handbrake because my dad he was a little scary to drive with I'm not gonna lie but he would keep one hand on the steering wheel and then he would move his foot one foot with the other hand and he would push down on his foot but then um, so I guess he would just keep that foot on the, the gas and then he would take his foot or he would take his hand off of his leg that was pushing his foot to put pressure on the gas pedal and put it on the steering wheel and then start pushing this little handle that was attached to the left side of the steering wheel, um, that then, um, pushed down on the brake. And so... So anyways, we, I grew up with a very interesting vehicle because he needed it to be special just so he could drive it. So, so anyways, those are, that's not very far back in my genealogy because I don't know stories from that far back, but, um, that is like, that's an interesting part of the history of where I came from. Um, I'll also note that although we covered this last episode, um, far back, a few generations, the Bingham uh, bloodline, which is my mother's maiden name, hooks up with with your bloodline, right? So I think that was 
I mean, like two, two, three years ago that we figured that out yeah. in your kitchen. <laughs> yes. Your mom and I were shredding pork. I think it was, I think it was for Sarah's baptism. So yeah, about two or three years ago. And she was telling me her life story and she mentioned that her last name used to be Bingham. And I was like, wait, my mom's last name used to be Bingham. And she said, are you related to Erastus? And I said, yes. So anyways, we have the same like fourth or fifth great grandpa, which is super fun. And um, yeah, Grant last week mentioned that if you talk to anyone long enough in the ward, you'll figure out how you're related. And so we are related to you guys, the Heisies, through the Bingham side of my family, which is my maternal grandfather. But my maternal grandmother, who is named Doris, she, um, if you go back far enough, then we're related to the Grovers through her line as well. So, and it's, it's about the same distance. Like we're fourth or fifth cousins with you guys. And we're also fourth or fifth cousins with Grovers. So it's crazy. Wow. I think that's. I mean, I didn't know how far this would play out, but uh, Brother Smith's prediction is <laughs> is exactly what would come to pass. Right. So very interesting. Yep. Okay, Sister Fauché, what is unique about you? Ooh, I I had a hard time thinking of an answer for this, so I had to talk to other people because in my brain, everything about me is just normal. Um, so I had to ask my kids and Tobin. Um, and let me see, what were their answers? Uh, oh, Sarah reminded me, I hate sewing. I, and I do, I, it is just not something that I enjoy. I do have a sewing machine and I mainly allow my kids to use it as long as they promise not to ask me any questions while they are sewing. Um, and then I think, I think most people know that I do a lot of cooking, um, that's something that I enjoy experimenting with. Um, and we don't have any pets at our house at all. Um, that, is, that is definitely a unique thing in this day and age. Our kids would love to have a dog. Um, but we, if anyone knows our house and where it is, it's not a great place to have a dog. So we've um, we continually say no because we don't have a good yard for a dog. Um, and they wouldn't mind if we had a cat, but yeah, we don't have any pets. Um, so yeah, Sam, what do you think makes me unique? I'm going to ask you that. Um, I mean, there's quite a few things. I think you're, I mean, a genuine person. We've had quite a few interactions just with our families Mm -hmm. um, and all sorts of stuff. We'll talk about your bread. (laughs) I think that's amazing. Uh, For the people who are familiar with that following along through social media, the 100 Days of Bread, um, I saw day one. I was through all all of the posts every single day, Mm -hmm. right? And I saw day one, and I thought at first it was a figure of speech, and you're saying... I'll, I'll make 100 loaves of bread, but it was an actual count of 100 loaves of bread. And I thought that was pretty unique of making so much yeah. bread um, and, and taking that time during quarantine. Um, I, I think that's pretty unique. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Well, thank you. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll also comment, you might think that your children would be okay with cat, but Henry <laughs> was quite specifically object because we were talking um, about young men's camp and where to uh-huh. have it. And at Wyalusing State Park, right, there's a little wood shack and um, previous times that the Heisies have gone, right, uh-huh. there's cats there. <laughs> and so... Uh, last time we went, like two two years ago, last year, I don't know, um, they were selling kittens, and we don't, my mom's allergic, mm-hmm. uh, so we didn't get them. But I told Henry, I said, if you're really wanting a pet, I'm sure if, if your dad's coming along, you could convince <laughs> him to get a cat. And he said, Sam, I'll stop you there. I only want a dog. Don't want anything to do with cats. So I think you might need to update your sources. Yes. He does not like cats. <laughs> well, and that is, I I am certain that that is true. I do think, though, that Heber and Hazel would probably be all in for a cat. And Sarah would probably be as well. But yes, Henry just wants a big dog that he can cuddle with. So... So if if you get a cat, he just doesn't get petting privileges. I, I, maybe so. I don't know. But but a cat is not in our future. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. So from this point, we have a rapid fire segment. So this is what's going to be happening monthly. Um, next month we'll transfer to something different. But all of the interviews throughout April. This is the same okay. stuff. Are you ready? Yes, I'll okay. do my best. I'll try and keep okay. this. Okay, and then there doesn't there doesn't need to be a whole lot of explanation. We'll just okay. move. On top of question. Okay. If you could serve a mission anywhere in the world, where Fiji. would it be? Yeah. Fiji. Okay. Uh, like the water? Yeah. The bottled water? Well, okay. but the island, w- not the bottled. Yeah. But yes, spelled the same. Okay. Would you Would you get the bottled water? There? I don't know if they even sell it there. I don't know. Fiji and Fiji. <laughs> well, go serve okay. a mission there and you Sounds can find good. out. That's the purpose. Okay. Do you have a favorite genre of music? When I get to choose the uh, the Pandora station at work, I generally choose 60s, 70s, and 80s music or um, the Mary Chapin Carpenter radio station. So those are my favorite genres. Do you have a favorite hymn? On this day of joy and gladness. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could have any superpower whatsoever, what would it be? All of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. Um, what if you had to solidify it down? Then the I would line? be Elastigirl from The Incredibles. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So either all of them or mm-hmm. Elastigirl. You, there's no in between. You just want all of them or one. <laughs> well, well, if I could have a combination, but I don't know if we have time to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so maybe we'll have a follow up in the episode and you can give me like a, a, a top okay. 15, sure. maybe. Okay, so do you have a favorite beverage, like a soda or some carbonated? Yes, uh, I mainly just drink water, but um, Dr. Pepper is my favorite, and I probably have that once every three months. And is Dr. Pepper any different from, like, Coca-Cola? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a totally different flavor, Sam. We're going to have to have a day where I bring you some different drinks and you try. you can try them. Do like a yes. blindfolded. I see. That we do sounds blindfolded. great. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm confident that you might not be able to differentiate. Oh, so. that sounds but like a challenge. <laughs> it, it is. It's a formal <laughs> okay. challenge from here up. 
if you had to buy a food in large amounts of box uh, bulk, sorry, um, like think like Sam's Club, right? You get mm-hmm. big like boxes and it's all in bulk. What food chocolate would you chips. buy? Mm-hmm. Chocolate chips. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite movie or TV show? Downton Abbey is my favorite TV show. Return to Me is my favorite movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Downton Abbey. I've tried to get onto it. Um, my dad and my mom mm-hmm. both like it, but I think um, I mean, it would be convenient if I liked it, but it's it's just a bit too slow oh, really? for me. Okay. So, yeah. So we'll see in a few years. Um, I've I've tried a few episodes. Maybe after this podcast, I'll okay. go watch a few, and I'll just Let try and catch on. Let me know what you think. Uh, do you have a... Absolutely. Do you have a favorite candy? <sighs> um, dark chocolate. And especially, like, if it has almonds mixed in, dark chocolate with almonds, yes. Dark chocolate with almonds. What's your preferred percentage of cacao? I think 70 is preferred, and I'm fine with even okay. higher. Okay. Um, I think after like a specific point, I think it still tastes good. I've had like like eighty seven percent cacao and it's like really, really bitter at that point. And I think it's more of like a challenge food and you need to have like a sophisticated palate. Uh so I try mm-hmm. and embody that, but I think at the end of the day I I'm Well, I, my palate um, is so sophisticated that I'm probably fine with ninety. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I think if you're I mean, after after some point, it's yeah. just dirt um, put into okay. a bar form. So, I don't know. Um, if you had to paint your entire house one bright exotic color, what color would you paint? It would be a bright blue. I, I don't even know what the name of the color would be, but it would be blue. Okay. That's that's good. Um, what would be your dream job, regardless of, uh, like, pay or location or wherever, what would be your dream so job? So my dream job is just to be a mom. Um, but I recognize my kids are going to not want to be mothered by me for the rest of their lives, which is why I now have a side job um, working part-time at the YMCA. So, but really, I'm completely happy. But I will say, uh, so I, I'm very interested in helping people with their health. Um, that's something I've done in the past is teaching um teaching uh group fitness classes and it's something I've enjoyed so I that is something that I am actually working to pursue this this year is to continue helping people in their health goals so is that preferably still with YMCA um yes okay um, if you could master any type of instrument, now I know you play mm-hmm. flute, right? And, uh, you have a few musical mm-hmm. children, right? But if it was outside of the flute, what instrument? The drums. Mm-hmm. And drums. I will say, I, I play the flute very little. I play the piano. I, yeah, I play the piano more than the flute. So, like, with, like, drums, you just want to get, like, some good patterns or bongos or... Uh, like what what type of drums? oh There's my so goodness right I I would probably have to start with like the basic set I just think it's amazing there's a if you ever watch Phil Collins on YouTube um he's a drummer and he's good at it and he has a song where he does in the air tonight live um and and he just is banging on those drums and the fact 
that like just how he can keep so many different beats going all all within the same beat I think is incredible and um also like I've I've looked at drum music before and it looks similar to piano music but I would love to know just how to read it and how to transfer what's on the page to what I'm playing on the drums so so you mentioned mm-hmm. Bill Collins um so that specific song you mentioned there's a drum solo right in the center um and at the very beginning of quarantine over social media there was um a okay. trend where you would go take your kitchen cabinets and you do the drum solo and i i really wanted to do it right but uh i don't my mom wouldn't <laughs> let me slam the kitchen cabinets that hard so it's still my dream to do that Phil Collins drum solo yeah but we'll see once I can get my own apartment I might purchase my own apartment just for that purpose would you be able to do that with just one person though like he is he is pounding on those drums and moving super fast I don't know if I could do it with one person it is yeah so what they do is they leave all their their uh cabinets open and then they go through and they do like a 360 spin and they like hit all their cabinets closed wow i'm gonna have to look that up it's i did not know that was a trend okay yes okay please do it is it's pretty amazing okay um what's your favorite book pope joan pope joan who's that Um, i've got it right here let me see if i can it is by Oh my gosh, I have to stretch to get it. Donna Wolfolk Cross. Okay, so for anyone who is looking for that book, please pause the video mm-hmm. and go search that up. Um, I I trust your taste in books well, thank and you. literature. I think I, I would follow that if I was in anyone's position. Do you have a favorite church authority member? You know, I... I thought it was Gordon B. Hinckley but then today I was listening to Jeffrey R. Holland and I enjoy him and then I just have a special place in my heart for Henry B. Eyring. I love what he says and he is just so tender so anyways I I guess I have kind of three of them yeah um as a family favorite we've always loved listening to to uh, Henry B. Eyring's words, it's he's amazing, and his articulation and how he chooses to vocalize and speak to his audience is is yes, he's skilled yeah. at that. So, if you had to smell one scent forever, you wouldn't be able to smell any other mm. scent. What scent um, would it be? Vinegar. I love the smell of vinegar. Yes, vinegar yeah. like like what you what you make pickles in. Um, what you make? So I thought that maybe this answer wouldn't be very controversial. I was saving that for condiments, <laughs> yes, if you I remember, do. with Brother Smith. But just always, I know it might vinegar. get old, but I love the smell of vinegar. I also love the smell of cucumbers. Um, so I don't know. I I think it's a toss up between those two, but. Really, when I smell vinegar, I just kind of relax. <laughs> I know that might be weird, but there you have it. 
Okay. Let's let's move on to the next question. Let's get over that. You're you're dirtying your last name right now. I don't I don't know if people will be so fond of the crochets after they hear that your favorite smell is. I think is people vinegar. are well aware in this ward that I love pickles, so Okay. Yes, your pickles are amazing. Henry would bring these huge pickles, yes. gigantic pickles to school and yeah. they're so amazing. I, I think they're Yep, it's a sight to behold to yeah. see such a giant pickle. Um, if you had to have uh, one item disappear Popcorn. forever, what would you choose? Mm-hmm. Popcorn. So vinegar is one thing, but then popcorn is it just like unsalted oh. popcorn? Like you, it can only be with no. butter, or is it just any I just popcorn, don't like popcorn whatsoever? It, I don't like that it gets stuck in my teeth. I don't like the texture. I I. I don't care. There, I don't know that it's very flavorful by itself. You always have to add stuff to kind of give it flavor. Um, plus, like my family, everybody else, they are huge popcorn eaters. I can't tell you how much popcorn we pop on a daily basis. And it just is messy. <laughs> so, so if I chose to get rid of anything, popcorn is something I could get rid of and I would not miss it. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite song? I can't answer that question. I I have a favorite song for every different part of my life. Like I I will be in a situation and I'll just um a, I'll I'll have a song that kind of speaks to me at that time. So um a lot of people know Tobin and I spent a lot of years moving and right as we were coming to the end of those moving years um the song no roots by alice merton came out and i was like this is my this is my song i love it it totally describes how i felt like i just didn't have a place where i could really call home um and then yeah just every different part of my life there's a different song that speaks to me so i can't answer that yeah, no, I think I think that's pretty fair to to have different songs for different areas and mm-hmm. segments of your day. Um, so, if you could live in one decade forever, and this can be outside of your lifetime, uh, what decade? Ooh, I'm just gonna say the 1950s for no, just because I feel like I should answer. 1950s could be fun. Yeah, 1950s yeah. they could be fun. Um. So that's that's right. a bit early for the Beatles, um, and I'd have to just wait ten years without <laughs> yes. any Beatles music, uh, and so I okay. I think that's a bit too early for me. But nineteen fifties, uh, pretty pretty good. Is there anything in particular that you no, just really enjoy? I I don't know much. Of, well, I guess like it would it would be interesting to be a part of the time where like the world is just coming out of World War Two, um. And just kind of see everything that's happening at that time. As far, because I'm motivated by food so much, I know that there was a, that was a time period where people, there were, um, there, a lot of food was like pre-packaged stuff because they were just coming out of, out of a war. Um, So that was kind of a time where, where like, prepackaged food was huge so a lot of the recipes that you would look at in the 1950s would have a lot of prepackaged food so 
I think I, I'm not, I'm not even sure, but that's what I imagine. I've also heard that gelatin was yeah. pretty big in that era. So you might, you might want to get Whew. used to jello and then some like meat in jello. Uh, so just like <laughs> right? pretty, pretty gross stuff. Uh, do you have a favorite number or five number? Is nope, I just decided when I was a little kid that number five should be my favorite, so I've stuck with it. Yep. And you've stuck with it? Okay. Fantastic. Uh, if you could live with any animal, any pet, uh, what One that requires no attention. <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's your yeah. only requirement? Like, I don't want to have to feed it. We had a Venus flytrap for a while. And I called that our pet, um, just because it caught its own food. It took care of the flies in my house. Um, I don't know what happened to the Venus flytrap, but it, it probably died. But anyways. Oh, I, I do know did it what come happened to, your house? to the Venus flytrap. It was tragic. Oh. It did, and it didn't <laughs> and leave. I'm, I'm very sorry if this is, if, if you need to walk no. away right now, if you're having... Bad emotional I, ties. I don't have that I'm, many I'm emotional sorry. ties to the Venus flytrap. I think it was named Jupiter at our house, but okay. really, yeah, no, Jupiter. it's fine. Okay. It's fine if it died. Okay. I'm I'm sorry once again. It, it remained a secret. <laughs> I didn't even know day, it ended up at your house, so we're good. Yeah, no, we had to take care of it. I think that was another sense that maybe it was more like a, a pet in your household that you left it off at someone else's house. And then we never picked it up and we never asked about it. So that's why we should not have a pet. <laughs> was that was that your discreet way that you didn't want to be this fly trap out of your house? Let's go on vacation and leave it with the Heisies. Uh, maybe so. I, I don't know that I can think about that much. Uh, about it that much. But maybe. Okay. Um. So based off of your vinegar answer, I don't, I didn't I don't know if I can get more controversial than that. Uh, so this is a risk asking you what the best kind of goes with the vinegar in answer, but in my opinion, the best condiment is dill pickle relish. Okay, good. Oh, that's actually not good. too bad. I think that's pretty good. I've, I've had your, mm-hmm. your relish that you've made once. Yeah. Um, it was, it yeah. was really good. So dill pickle relish. I think malt oh. vinegar. That's what I was <laughs> expecting you to say. I think malt vinegar oh. on fries is delicious. Uh-huh. I like Five Guys fries. Okay. And they provide malt vinegar. And so just dumping it on top. Hey, I'll have to try it. It's the best thing. Okay. Um, if you could master the art of making one item, what item would it be? Oh, I, I have wanted to learn to paint. Um, I don't know if that's an item, though. Just... I'll just say painting. <laughs> that is oh. not valid because you oh. gave us a painting of yes, I did. some birch trees. And I would not say that you need to learn to paint well, because I'll, it is Well, I had amazing. some really good help and somebody, Rachel Portner helped me with that. And she had all of the equipment. So it was super easy. She's a, she's a good one to go to. Um when it comes to painting stuff. So she, she taught me how to do it and yeah, but yes, I love that picture. 
It it's up there right now. I think on uh-huh. our on our shelf in the living room. Um, okay. and we I see it Good. every once in a while. It's it's nice. Uh, what's your favorite mm-hmm. book in the Book of Mormon? So like um, like Nephi or Helaman. Mormon? What what would it be? Mm-hmm. Helaman. Uh, is there anything that you like? Yeah, best about I. What takes so my favorite scripture in the Book of Mormon is Helaman chapter five verse twelve, and I think just because I like that scripture, I've spent more time studying Helaman <clears throat> and I understand the stories in Helaman better than the rest of the Book of Mormon. So yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I think a lot of the time in the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. there's quite hard to understand scriptures. So when, when it's simplified a bit and you can really process and understand and they use a lot of like, verbs and terms that we use today and it like is easier to process i think it it brings that connection just a step up uh what makes tobin okay uh is there anything in particular like a joke Um, or something no not really but he he's just such a serious person and then every once in a while he'll just say something that is so funny and sometimes he's being serious when he says it but it strikes me as so funny that I can't help myself but laugh um but sometimes he is also trying to be funny which makes it even more funny so that's I I was gonna say maybe uh sometimes I've I've seen him (laughs) say something and it catches you off guard because you don't you don't analyze him as a a person who is is right. trying to make a comic relief, but I've I've, I've he's caught me off guard sometimes. It's yep. some pretty yeah. hilarious things. Um, so we'll do a we'll do a comedy show. My dad is working with um, some of the ward activities, so I'll suggest uh, a Tobin <laughs> Foshe comedy show. Don't tell him that I brought that up, in. though. <laughs> okay, okay, I won't. He can just listen right? to it on the podcast. Uh. What is the best season? I have things I love about every season. Um, I love being outside in the summertime. I love the spring and everything coming to life. I love the fall and the colors. And the wintertime here, I know it can get long, but my kids love playing in the snow. And so so I love that about wintertime. So. Mm-hmm. Wintertime. Winter. That is also my favorite mm-hmm. season um, because of Christmas and I, mm-hmm. I love the spirit in the air. But then um, with Wisconsin weather, usually it Christmas right. comes like right before winter. So we get some pretty hot, like or yeah. there, it's not hot, it's frigid, but there's no snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. So then once it really becomes winter, that's like Christmas and maybe if we're lucky Christmas and then, like, the next following months. And we've we, had yeah. a pretty early summer this year. Yeah. It's a receding yeah. Christmas, Kinda which crazy. surprised me. So, if you had to run uh, into any celebrity at the airport, oh, who would it be? Um, Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Celine Dion. Uh, why would... Do you want Not her to, like, burst out but, into uh, song? She's someone I have always appreciated her music so I don't know I think she'd be fun to run into so just so that I could say hey I ran into Celine Dion today 
Okay. Um, that's like a good right. conversation starter and icebreaker. <laughs> I ran yeah. into Celine Dion once at the airport. So now it is time to focus on you. So this is our final segment. Um, and then we'll wrap up. So what I talked about when we were talking about what makes you unique uh, and what I followed on social media was your 100 days of bread. And that's so amazing. So you talked about how much you love cooking. Um, but this 100 Days of Bread takes mm-hmm. it to a whole new level of cooking 100 loaves of bread. So I just have a few questions. Uh, what kinds of bread did you make? Can you can you talk about sure. some um, different varieties? I There were 100 different kinds. So And it's kind of incredible that there are even that many different kinds of bread. But now that I'm done, there are some that I didn't even get to. Um, so there's a lot of different breads. Um, so I made several different kinds of sandwich bread, um, which is the normal, like you bake it in a loaf pan. But I also did a lot of the like artisan type of breads as well. Um, so my favorites, I, I think I have 11 favorites. Um, let me, they, I have a note that they are written on. Let me find that note. But croissants was one of them. Um, oh, let me see. The, there was one called honey buttermilk bread, which was a sandwich loaf. And it was, it's delicious. It's my go-to white sandwich bread recipe. Um, there's King Arthur flour whole wheat bread. Um, they had one recipe that just the the um it it stayed soft for a few days which is pretty tricky when you're making wheat bread from home without any like preservatives it's tricky to get it to stay soft and this one did um on all recipes they have a french baguette recipe that is easy and delicious um brioche um i will say brioche almost killed my mixer it was like 45 minutes of of mixing this bread but it was so good it's one that I will probably make once a year um and hopefully my mixer can survive I did have to send my after 100 days of bread I had to send my mixer to New York to get fixed because it was it was done um I made cinnamon rolls I found my favorite cinnamon roll recipe um, naan was one of my favorite breads to make, which is an Indian flatbread. Um, I found a breadstick recipe that I loved. Um, there's this dill cottage cheese bread that is delicious. And, um, probably the most popular bread that I made is chocolate babka, which is, um, it's, it's a very sweet dough and you roll it out and you put a chocolate sugar butter mix in there and then sprinkle chocolate chips over it and roll it up and then do all this stuff to make it look fancy and it is so good it's really good oh that sounds fantastic Mm -hmm. so it's chocolate babka chocolate babka so uh did you sell these loaves um i did have people reach out and ask if they could buy some um and so I did I kind of started a little bread business that went nowhere um and it would have just been so much work to 
to even make a profit on it that I just decided I wasn't going to do it. Um, but I probably sold like 20 loaves of bread. Um, uh, I think my last loaf of bread might have been in September. So, so yeah, I did sell some. That's, I mean, I think now that I know that, we might be reaching out in the future after oh. your, or that non, yes. I love non and tikka masala. Um, I think that's the best combination. Um, even if you can get, like, your, your non to mm-hmm. sort of have, like, that chewy texture, I think it's the best, it's the best yeah. uh, ethnic food I've ever had. It's hands down. Um, so that's, yeah. that's all the questions I have. Thank you very much uh, for yeah, well, good and, to talk to you, Sam. Being interviewed. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, so that's it for the end of the episode. Thank you, everyone at home, also for listening. Um, and you can tune in for next Sunday. Once again, I'll say that we don't have specific release dates, but by the end of each Sunday, yeah. we'll for sure have one out. So thank you, yeah. uh, Doris, and thank you, everyone at home.